Hi, I'm Sharon Davis, Chief Executive at Young Enterprise. Our second series of Enterprising Mindsets shines a spotlight on female founders. My guest today is Roberta, also known as Beta Luca. She's a serial entrepreneur, angel investor, and keynote speaker on the future of games, entrepreneurship, and leadership. She's the co-founder of the BAFTA-winning Bossa Studios, a VC-backed, multi-million dollar video games developer and a publisher based in London. Bossa is renowned for their creativity-first approach and category-defining games that are loved by millions of players and the biggest influencers worldwide. Beta is listed in Forbes as the top 50 women in tech, top 30 women in games, and nominated by the Evening Standard as one of the most influential in creative arts. Her YouTube channel, panels and keynote speeches, Beta shares her essential lessons learned from her successes and failures during her 10-year entrepreneurial journey. Beta, welcome to Enterprising Mindsets. Thank you for having me. So for listeners who may not have heard of Bossa Studios, can you give us an overview of what it is and what gave you the idea in the first place? Yeah, Bossa Studios is a video games company. We make people happy. That's uh, that's our goal in our, in our lifetime as a ten year uh, ten years company. We are uh, we make games for for gamers and non gamers out there, and our, most of our games are all about connecting through humor. So you have games like Surgeon Simulator, I Am Bread, I Am Fish, and I Am Bread, for instance, is is my favorite one because it's a, it's a story of a piece of bread whose mission in life is to be toasted. <laughs> And you are this little bread who needs to achieve the goal of being toasted. And these are kind of the experiences that we bring to the world. We are uh, about 70 people now based in London, or not, not so much in London anymore because we you know, all working remotely. We have a couple of people in Germany as well. And that's what we do. We make incredible games. So I asked this question to, to all my guests. What does an enterprising mindset mean to you personally? To me, it's about the ability to take risks its ability the ability to go for follow your curiosity and and make sure that you're learning along the way it's about um being brave to try something new to try something that that was never tried before and being accepting that you might fail multiple times until you get to succeed and listening to you, you, you can hear that kind of that bravery, that importance of taking action, seeing failure as an opportunity to learn. How would you describe your attitude to risk and how has it influenced you as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I, I grew up in, in Brazil and I was pretty normal type of girl, you know, nothing, nothing special, never had any big talent or gift as I was growing up. And at some point, I had a good job. I was working in a very large TV broadcaster uh, in Brazil called Global TV. Had a good job, had uh, work, you know, good friends and, and network around me, my family and etc. And I decided to go into the unknown, which was to cross the ocean and to start my career and to kind of continue my career in the UK. I mean, I was mid to late 20s, right? So it was the right time for me to, to embrace something new. And the fact that I did that, it was the first time that I really exercised my brain and my mindset to take this such a big risk. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to tell you that it was all, you know, amazing when I got to here, right? It was really tough. And, and thankfully, I had my naivety to an optimism to think that everything would be 
amazing would go amazingly well as soon as I got to to this place, right? And it was not. It was uh, I figured out that my levels of English was pretty poor, and I had to do like five steps backwards and go into a full time English course and then do another five steps, you know, forwards to go back to the to the workplace, and. And to me, that moment was so crucial for me to understand that taking a risk can be very uh, difficult, but the rewards that you get at the end of the line and the amount of learnings that you have, it's, it's just, you know, incredible. So I, I, I became that person who takes a lot of risks. And you've clearly been on a real journey of, of self-discovery when it comes to listening to and trusting your voice and your instinct when it comes to risk. So where would you say you are on that journey right now? I have been this massive high achiever since ever. So always kind of climbing the ladder in organizations before starting my own, co- my own company. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a very strong role model at home. My mom, she, yeah, she divorced from my dad when I was six and and like I had this very empowering female figure at home, right? And and I I've I've been always that person who's driving forward, driving forward nonstop, two hundred miles per hour. And in the year of the Great Pause, twenty twenty, I had uh, <laughs> what did you call that? The year the of the gr- Great Pause. The Great Pause, right? Not the Great Depression. The Great Pause. <laughs> I love that. We we. There was this moment that I started to reflect and I said to myself, wait a minute, I, I, I want something more in my life than, than driving forward and kind of killing myself and burning out multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I have, I, I'm truly connected to, to the stuff that matter to me, that I find my own purpose and that I sometimes walk to allow things to to get to me as opposed to me driving so fast towards something, right? And and I I, I started to have a, a really special morning ritual. I mean, it's not that special, but it's special to me, which is uh, meditating for one hour. And I hour. never thought a whole hour. <laughs> I never thought I would be able to do that. And, and I started and very incredibly my... The way that my brain connected completely, completely changed. Of course, it was not only the meditation. I think you, it's about uh, like an hour in your morning that you're just sitting still and you're doing something for yourself in solitude. And, and it's not connected to achieving anything either. It's, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, right? The first half an hour, all everything that comes to your mind is like a bunch of thoughts and like, you know, from the what you need to you need to buy bananas because yeah. you're running out of bananas. Yeah, I don't know about you. I wake, my wake up, my brain explodes as soon as I'm awake. Exactly to like you know future thinking and childhood memories. Everything comes to your mind, but when you go into the groove of you know, and and I do a lot of visualizations myself, and I think about the waves, and I think about the sun, and I think about nature. Um, suddenly, your mind quiets, and then when you finish. The, 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 the view and the, the sentiment, the vibe that you have about your day completely changes. And I think that's been like my most recent transformation to be much more connected to, to, to the things that I want to bring to the world and how I can help the world as opposed to me driving everything very intentionally all the time as a high achiever. 
And that, again, is being quite brave, isn't it? It's listening to you and it's trusting your instincts. And you're, you're, again, it comes back to that kind of listening and trusting your own voice, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's so difficult, right? Because there are so many voices around us all the time. Mm-hmm. The amount of stimulus that we have, even working from home, we still have so much stimulus from social media, from people, from organizations, from everywhere, that you know, so it's very difficult for you to listen to your own voice because you're just listening to others. So, yeah, the, the, the best thing you can do is to actually be better listener of 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 your internal voice and a bad listener to all of the crap that comes yes. around us, right? Yeah, yeah, tuning it out, tuning it out. And the Rose Review found a couple of reinforcing cultural barriers when it, in terms of affecting women thinking of starting a business. And I say this because this does relate to, to trusting yourself, if you like. The first one was that women typically have a higher risk awareness than men, are more cautious about starting or scaling a business. The Rose Review survey uh, women say the the women were 55% more likely than men to cite fear of going it alone as a primary reason for not starting a business, but also that women are less likely to believe that they possess entrepreneurial skills. Only 39% of women are confident in their capabilities to start a business compared to 55% of men. Um, but that this is a perceived gap in ability rather than an actual gap in skill set. So as a female founder yourself, what thoughts do you have on ways that companies can become more aware of that potential gender bias when it comes to recognising achievements and also encouraging women to recognise their own value? There is something in psychology called the attribution theory. Basically, it says that it is a process by which individuals explain causes of behavior and events. And and there are lots of different biases around attribution theory. And and there's a cultural biases, which, you know, more individualistic type of cultures uh, allow you to to change the attribution of successes and failures. And sometimes you attribute attribute success or failure to yourself versus to, you know, to the environmental collective. And there's been research that showed that there is a gender bias on attribution theory as well, that typically uh, women would look into a situation that they achieved something great and they attribute the, the, the success to, to others, to luck, to mm-hmm. uh, the environment, to the company, to the team. And men attribute to themselves. And that's I recognize the same. that. I listen right? to that and yeah. I recognize that. Yeah, absolutely. And I talk about being lucky a lot. Right? I, I do. I find myself doing the same thing. And nowadays, I kind of I catch myself saying I was lucky. I was like, wait a minute. No, I actually worked really hard to get that. Yeah. And, and to failure is the same thing. It's like actually the opposite. So to failures, typically men would attribute failure to external uh, factors and women to internal factors to themselves. And I think as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as managers, uh, we and coaches or whatever, right? We, we want to you want to perceive those biases and the nuances and those nuances you can only perceive with communication, right? Because, you know, when, when you're hiring someone, when you're interviewing someone, when you are doing a performance reviews, you, you really need to be listening like deeply and the nuances of communication to catch uh, if someone is talking about an achievement that was actually theirs, right? It was actually by that woman and not about the external world. That is really deep listening then when you're in a PDR situation or performance appraisals. We should be, as companies, as organisations, really training our managers to really listen to that feedback when someone's articulating what they've achieved. 
We must, and we also must. Um, I, I think I, I find myself in a, I, I attribute myself a role to also educate my team on that. So if they are not seeing what they're doing, to to say, hey, this was your achievement. Don't don't say that was lucky. You know, say that, embrace that, and you know, own it. I think we as leaders need to also. Uh, give this to to our to our teams, right? Because that could be some incredible learning for their lives. And that's great for young women listening as well. And you, you mentioned failure as well. So, what, what's your what's the attribution theory say about women and failure then? Yeah, in, in terms of failures, we usually blame ourselves when something goes wrong, um, instead of understanding that some events and behaviors and there are a lot of things that we cannot control and i understand that because we i mean again i'm generalizing here right but we typically are more nurturing and more kind of collectivist in in a way that we we see our, our, ourselves in society and in our professional uh you know workplace right we we tend to be more about the collective and so we yeah we we, we look at failure as we we failed those people yeah when something went wrong yeah i take full responsibility uh, yes yeah. yeah i yeah we hear that a lot don't we so as a leader of people during a very uncertain time it's been a very uncertain time there must have been times when you were you were quite scared or disappointed or worried are there any um tips that you could share about tools you've used to steady yourself that we might all benefit from yeah, I, I've used so many different tools in my career. So one of them is definitely get help. Uh, not be afraid of asking for help. It's such a simple thing. And like, you know, moments that I had, um, I, I went into burnout and moments that I was feeling very anxious. I literally tried to find the best therapist to go to and, you know, have a few sessions. And and it, it makes a huge difference. Uh, same thing for coaching. I, I've had different executive coaches throughout my career and, and it's been incredible. So asking people's help is the best tool that I've, I've seen, I've done for myself. But also like do not, not dwelling on what is scaring you. You know, it's like sometimes you, it, it's a little bit like when you, when you wake up in the, in, on the weekend and you're feeling very, very lazy and then you you decide, okay, I had enough. I, I need to get out of bed and do something, right? And you you get into the shower, you take action, you get into the shower, you you get out, and suddenly you're a new brand new person. You're ready to take the world, you're ready to go for a walk, to do whatever, right? It's about doing the next right thing, isn't it? Rather than thinking yeah. yes, yes. And sometimes we get caught in, in our own thinking, right? And 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 I think the scary moments are those. It's when we get caught we get stuck in our narrative of how scary something is. And, and when you take some action, when you take the first step, you realize it's not as scary as you thought. That is great advice. And let's build on that a bit further. We have, as I said before, thousands of young women starting their own student businesses this year. Many young enterprise alumni who are keeping going with their ideas. We want to help them build confidence and the awareness of skills and mindset they'll need. What tips would you give as a BAFTA award winner? What tips would you give young women starting a business right now? I would say to them, it is not as scary as you think. And try to think that anyone can do it nowadays. There are tools out there. There are, uh, you know, people who can help you. There are, you know, 
tons of publications and books that you can learn the things that you feel that you don't have the, the knowledge of, right? But what, what separates people from, from going to that and people who don't go is that they just feel that if someone can do it, why not me? And I think that thinking is really important for when, you, when you are starting. But also, it, it's thinking that confidence comes by doing. It's again, taking the action. The thing is to think that you are enough and you can do it. If someone can do it, why not you? I agree with that, actually, because I remember uh, as a young person, I, you know, as a, as a child, I had quite a bad stutter speech impediment. I remember, you know, as I got into my career, uh, I uh, needed to learn how to public speak. And, uh, and I was, it was terrified me. And, and I used to like watch loads and loads of videos. And actually, <laughs> interestingly enough, I used to watch this uh, actor called Anthony Hopkins, who was... Uh, in, in Silence of the Lambs. But um, he was a great speaker. He was a great orator. And I, in my mind, I was thinking, well, if he can do it, I used to watch people speak. And I, I think there is something about that, about understanding if someone else can do it, then why can't I? And it's about taking that first step, isn't it? Absolutely. Like, look, look at my accent. It's, it, you know, I, have, I still have an accent even after 15 years in this country. And I, I had this paranoia in my mind for many years thinking, you know, actually I, I, I need to be a better speaker. I need to, you know, I, I, people don't understand me and all those things that go into your mind. And when you start doing and you start practicing and you put yourself out there, you learn. You do, you do. And actually, earlier in the week, we asked young women what questions um, they'd like to ask you. So I have a couple here, if you don't mind. Um, these are from women who are, are thinking of, of starting up their business or they're actually running young enterprise businesses. The first one is, um, have you experienced prejudice directly because of your gender? And if so, how have you dealt with it? See, I might have experienced many times, but I don't dwell on that. Okay, so you just you just don't carry it with you. You just brush it away. I do, and like it is what it is, right? Society is still very unbalanced uh, in terms of the way that we 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 seen in in the workplace as leaders as entrepreneurs. And the best thing you can do is to be aware of that, but. Don't dwell on it and move forward and, and make sure that all the decisions that you make and the stuff that you talk about the world, you know, be a role model to the new generations is the best contribution you can give to the world. So, so if you start dwelling on, on, on those things, everything you're going to do is, is, is to be doing that as opposed to creating something new to the world. And when you create something new to the world, that's when you're going to create impact and, you know, dismantle all the stereotypes that people have. And what I'm hearing time again from you is this thing about not taking things on. So if you're feeling fearful rather than kind of letting that build, you'll take a, an action that disrupts that sense, if you like. And, and also this, this sense of, of being aware of prejudice, but actually not taking that on yourself, not allowing it to be your burden but actually taking action to respond to it or tackle it in your own way. I mean, that's very much coming through in this conversation. We are role models, either we want it or not, right? You know, people, the more successful you become, more people are going to be looking up to you and seeing how you behave and kind of, you know, being inspired or not, right? Um, and, and I think the moment that you embrace that role, you... you it, it, it makes a shift in the way that you behave and the things that you talk about. 
and and people see that right they don't they're not going to see necessarily you talking about feminism all the time even though you might do i do on my linkedin profile all the time like you know but but it's not about that it's about the contextualization of of doing things that would improve the 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 gender imbalance, right? And I think that's the the key thing. When you look from a perspective of, I want to be a role model for the next generations because I want them to think about an engineer or an entrepreneur or a doctor as a woman, as opposed to thinking of a man, that's when, you know, you're actually going to make the changes that will, will affect the, the new generations. And my second question that uh, is given to me from a young woman is what advice would you give your younger self? I would say to myself to start earlier. I I started my my entrepreneurship journey 10 years ago only. After only 10 years ago. Only 10 years ago. <laughs> it feels it, it is a long time but it's like I have been working, you know, for companies uh another another 10 years. So yeah, 20 years of my career. And of course, you can be entrepreneurial in other people's companies. So were you entrepreneurial for the first 10 years in other people's companies? Oh, I was. I was such a challenger. Oh, tell us more. Tell us more. To the point that the hairiest and most crazy, ambitious projects uh, were given <laughs> to me by my bosses. Because <laughs> they knew I would just embrace that and, and, you know, just go ahead and make things happen uh, without regard, well, regardless of what people thought of me. I had a lot of colleagues who loved me and a lot of colleagues who hated me because of the way that I was. So I think when I decided to go and become an entrepreneur, I felt very free to uh, to uh, to now make make everything that I wanted to make happen. I, I see because I think one of the things that we want to really kind of communicate in this in this in this podcast is that you can be entrepreneurial in someone else's company if you don't feel just because you're not setting up your own business, you can still display brilliant qualities around entrepreneurship that are they're going to be so valuable by um, employers certainly in in the current and the future climate um that you, you know we need entrepreneurial women don't we we need entrepreneurial we young do. women we do and and i i try to nurture that in, in my team all the time because yeah I, I I love working with people who are entrepreneurial at Bossa, right? They are the best ones. They are they are creative, they're daring, they want to make something bigger than them, themselves, you know, and the, these are great people to have in organizations, absolutely. And what do you do to nurture them? What can we do to nurture nurture young women who are entrepreneurial more, who perhaps work in companies? Well, what I do is to, one, make sure that they know they are, because sometimes they have the low confidence they 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 try to get into a more daring mode and and if you're not aware of that you you might not allow them not empower them to do it so so i, I try to perceive those things and and empower people to 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 be that and to say yeah take on it you want to do that newsletter go for it you want to do something new how can i help you you know it's like being this kind of uh, a staircase for someone to to climb that's a great and, analogy a staircase you're a real cheerleader real enabler of projects looking out for those opportunities for for, for women exactly because otherwise you, you they they you don't want them to feel that whenever they go into doing something that is more entrepreneurial that they're going to be punished for that or they're going to be punished if they fail right because most of the time we fail to create something amazing right Absolutely. And and 
And we are approaching the end of our conversation, unfortunately, but you've started a podcast called Hypercurious. Uh, I know this is a real passion project for you. So tell us a little bit more about it. And, and it's around curiosity, right? It is around curiosity. And I, it, it was my project from lockdown one. And I, you know, I love asking great questions and I love deep, meaningful conversations. And I realized that, you know, that's, that's my thrill of my whole life. And, and I noticed that a lot of people who I know, a lot of entrepreneurs and high achievers, they, they, their best aha moments were the moments that they were following their curiosity. It's not about the mega hard work and like, you know, 20 hours a day to solve a problem, but it's about allowing your curiosity to take over so that you can solve that problem the best way possible. And that was my inspiration for Hypercurious is a celebration of our curiosity. So I love this project and I, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the second series now and, and I cannot wait to, yeah, to put it out. And yeah, if, if you're listening to that and you, f- you feel that you're a game changer and don't, don't follow the script of life, uh, maybe Hypercurious could be for you. So I would love you to have a listen. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us today, Beta. Enterprising Mindsets is a podcast brought to you by Young Enterprise. If you'd like to hear more, please do subscribe via your favorite podcast app.